We got a lot of stuff. I, I just need one more bite of this toast. Yeah, okay. And then I'll be good. Okay, yeah. Mm. Can you hear the crunch on that? Oh, yeah. I heard the crunch. Damn, that's good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I told him if they ever stop carrying this bread, I'm burning this place to the ground. It's Tuesday. It's oh wait, are we going? We yeah, we're, go. Go, go, we go. Yeah. All right. Uh, it is Tuesday. It is. Uh, it is. Mm, what is this? March seventh. Yep. March seventh. Uh, supposed to be just as an aside. Supposed to be seventy degrees today and tomorrow. Really? But 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 six to nine inches of snow on Sunday, with the Ugh. day that we're supposed to spring forward. What? Ugh. Yeah, but it's a Chinese hoax. It's not really happening. Yeah, you know, it's really sad though because the um, uh, uh, there's that Husker Du song where he says, "Sometime near April, time they had another hour." It's a celebrated summer. Okay. And my sister always liked to sing that, and then they go and they change it to move it to March, where it jumps forward, and now the song sort of has lost. Doesn't its make meaning. sense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and Bob Gould is pissed. I wonder if he's changed the <laughs> lyric when he sings it live. <laughs> Sometime near March time. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's awkward pause. He has to remember. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> All right. It is uh, it is episode two five four on taking pictures two fifty four. Uh, Bill Wadman in Brooklyn. Jeffrey Sidoris in Silver Spring. I almost said D.C., but I'm not in D.C. I'm sort of in D.C. I mean, it's a D.C. It's a D.M.V. Right? Sure. The D.M.V. Yeah. You're yeah. at the Department of Motor Vehicles. I, I, see, it, that, I think of that, but it's uh, uh, DC, what is it? DC, Maryland, Virginia. Oh, that whole thing, right? Right? Yeah, right, right, the right. DC, the DMV metro area, right? Yeah. <clears throat> sure. Um. Yeah. So, uh, it is. It is. Oh, okay. Okay. So, I've been doing these Instagram live paint sessions. Yeah. 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 How was that? They're fun. They're fun. I, I, I admit that I haven't watched the one yet. Wait, can you watch them after the fact? No, they disappear. Okay, so I need to. They're only be live. There. Okay, okay, so here's here's what's cool though. Here's what I've been finding. Uh, num- number one, it's there's no agenda, and it's it's it's. <clears throat> I don't look at the comments because I you know I'm I'm doing my thing while the phone is doing its thing, and I don't I don't look at who's watching. I don't know how many people are watching until after. Uh, but the idea of kind of. Two things. Number one, giving myself permission to just play without an agenda, without without any sort of restrictions or it has to be good or it has to be finished or it has to be this or it has to be none of that. It's just practice. Yep. It's just it's just a a a painting practice. And I love doing them. So I'm gonna continue doing them. Although I think when the studio is done, I may switch to YouTube so that there can be like an archive and people can comment. And then I can, I can, you know, I can comment after the fact yeah. and I can, there, there's a dialogue that can happen there. Um, but the, the other thing is, is the idea of doing this live in, in front of people is so far out of my comfort zone because I don't know where these things are going. And so it's out of your comfort zone because you're worried that whatever you're making is going to go somewhere. You don't, you're embarrassed that it's going to go that kind of thing. Either or is that, it, or I just don't know, or it's, it's, or, or is know, it just it, somebody it, watching you at all? That too. Okay. That too. So it's, it exists on a number of levels, but, but I'm finding that, uh, 
that it's also wildly inspiring because there are no like like the 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 blinders are off there's no this doesn't have to be anything other than practice it's not a tutorial i don't ever say anything i mean sometimes i'll say something at the end thanking people for you know listening or whatever yeah but by and large it's like bob ross on mute no because i don't i'm i'm not saying little fluffy anything (laughs) that's on mute that's what i'm saying right on mute yeah yeah (laughs) I, i just i you know i'll put on some music and it's just it's just a meditation of sorts, right. right? And I'm finding that it's that it's it's helping quite a bit. It's helping me sort of let go of of chasing perfect in my work, mm-hmm. you know, and and letting go of of even chasing good for that matter, because I don't know where these things are going to go. They they may end up as exercises to sharpen skills. They may end up as as uh, <clears throat> elements that get used in other paintings. Uh, I don't know where they're going to go, but it's this idea of, of just doing is relatively new for me and, and doing it under the eye of, of strangers is new for me. Sure. And I, f- I found that, I'd like to go further. I don't know that I would do like a show per se where like you're talking to the camera. I don't think that's my thing, but I do think this is a way for me to uh, dip my toes in the water of video without being on video in quotes. And without having to uh, buy more equipment. Right. It's all on your phone. Yeah. Uh, And apparently there's a, there's an app that lets you, uh, shoot on a phone and an iPad and you can, you, it's a switcher. You can, oh, it's a I touch see. screen switcher. So you can go back and forth between multiple devices. I think you can have five or six devices at once. Oh, that's kind of neat. Uh, yeah. So you could have different cam. I could have one above the bench. I could have one, uh, you know, at, at the easel fielding and I over the weekend designed this, this new vertical easel that I'm going to be building that will allow me to work on pictures from about eight by 10 inches up to about seven by 10 feet. Okay. Big. Yeah. And the whole, the whole thing, it's, it's basically like a plotter. It moves X, you know, it moves in, in, in Y, it doesn't move in X, but the rails are in X. Can you, can you, can you, uh, uh, um, what's the, God, I was, I just, I was just going to ask you a question. Then I lost it while you were saying moving X. Go ahead. I'll figure it out again. Well, the, the cool thing too, is I can use it for photographing the work. Oh, yeah. oh that's know? my question. Can you get an eight by or a, that big of a canvas down into that room? Uh, well, Not yeah, whatever stretched. will fit through the door. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. But I was the, the the cool thing is, I've got I've got the room next to it with big double doors. So okay. in theory, I could stretch the canvas on the floor in the room adjacent, and then bring it through the double doors and put it on the wall. Or you could just get like a sledgehammer, like in Pollock, <clears throat> and just knock through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Adrian would be happy with me for that. Come on, Fielding. Either yeah. you support him or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in. I see we've reached the end of our support, haven't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so there is an end to your love. Right, um, <laughs> right. But it's, it's interesting and it's a lot of fun. And actually, somebody, somebody asked, do you think Bill would ever do this? Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't sure. know. But but you you've got I mean it's a little different because I am in a relationship with the person in front of me and so then it changes the dynamic. 
Well, that and there there are additional steps that you would need to go through to get to the final picture. Oh, right, 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 right. So basically show the whole thing of shooting and my screen as I'm editing or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I would do that. Mostly it's just because it's <clears throat> doing that is a whole other 20 or 30% on top of the work I'm already doing, doing the other thing. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's fun. I mean, so, you know, if, if yeah. you're interested, follow me on Instagram. I'm probably going to switch to YouTube once uh, the, the work tables are, are built and the easel is built, which will be in the next mm, probably week or so. Maybe I'll try uh, it tonight. I've, I got somebody coming over tonight. Maybe I'll do that. It's, I mean, if you've got like a little, one of those little, uh, what is it? Jo- Joby? Jobo? Joby? The little, to, the little flexible tripods. You can just. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you can just wrench the thing around on on a pole or or you know a light stand even, yep. and just let it go. Don't even don't even acknowledge that it's there. It'd be kind of fun. You know, the other night, uh, uh, my buddy Dan came over and he brought he brought like a D810 plugged into a video devices uh, Pixie Five or whatever the hell it is, uh, which is like a little ProRes recorder thing. Mm-hmm. And we filmed this this band, but we also set up our iPhones on stands on the side doing like tighter shots using Filmic Pro. You ever use that? I have app? Filmic Pro. Yeah, it's a terrific app. Yeah. So so and you know what? The footage is OK. You know, it's fine. It's like way better than just straight out of the uh, the the camera app in the phone. Uh, just sorry, because it has such a high- last piece of toast. <laughs> I know I could tell. Uh, sorry, the higher bit rate, right? Cause you can choose the, the bit rate of the files. So it chews up a lot more space, but you can get a lot better quality file yep. on there than, than the and stock you can, thing. you can monitor audio. It's got, uh, I think it's got, is, is that the one that's got vector scopes? There's another one that's got uh, scopes it might, on it as actually. well. Yeah. 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 I haven't, I haven't dug into it too deeply, but, uh, it was it's, stabilization it's, as yeah. well. Yeah, it's pretty it's cool. It's done all kinds of cool stuff. So anyway, that's a little a little something something. We should for, add for that in people out there. for people. Yeah, Filmic, Filmic Pro. Pro. What is it like? Eight bucks, six bucks, ten like bucks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which you know, it's funny. Okay, can we just talk about that for two seconds? Sure. Uh, about the app or apps in general? Apps in general. Yeah. Is 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 ten bucks a lot of money or is it not a lot of money? For a game, yes. For a productivity app, no. That's kind of my. Why, why my, is it that? Why is it too much for a game when you'll spend sixty dollars on a on a game for a PC game? Well, number one, I don't spend sixty dollars. That's okay. why I have Steam because <laughs> I only buy things on Steam's. Oh, sales. and they're on sale. Okay, yeah, and Fair Steam enough. has wonderful sales. Um, I don't know the the productivity just seems to be somehow worth more, and I don't quite know what the deciding factor is in that um excuse me some of the i mean there are a couple games that i've purchased that were like six seven eight bucks um and they've been they've been worth it but i i feel like a lot of games first of all that the the trend is such that that games are are many of them if not most are that freemium model where the base game is free but then they in-app you to death with gold or tokens or gems or time right, or you right. know, whatever it is to get every single transaction they can out of you. I much prefer, and this is an interesting, now that I'm thinking this through, I would much prefer to pay 10 bucks upfront, never pay again, than incrementally pay five, eight, ten, twelve dollars just to progress in the game. But it is odd that we are willing to spend, I mean, you'll go spend not you, but like a lot of people will go spend five, six bucks on a coffee, like nothing. 
right? Yeah, that's true. And yet we're just like, oh, $10 for this app that is basically replacing a video camera or whatever, right? And it, and, right. and giving us all these added features. And I even balked it the other night. I was like, God, oh, when am I ever going to use that? And blah, blah. I was like, what are you thinking? It's 10 bucks. Yeah. Like what? What am I? What am I holding back for? You know, um, I uh, I got it on a wicked sale. If you if you look at App Shopper, AppShopper yeah. or even the App Shopper app, they'll tell you what's on sale when it's on sale. Yeah, they'll, you can you can set it up to be notified when prices drop on things, and and it's it's terrific. So I think I maybe yeah. got it for you know it was on one of these half price Mondays or, or yeah, yeah, something like that. But um, yeah, I know it's interesting. Um, why is there more value? In a in a in an app, hmm. I don't know. Yeah, especially the games. In many ways, the games you're going to use a lot more than you'll ever use an app. Maybe, but I mean, it, you know, f- for example, the Mario game that came out not long ago. Right. Uh, a lot of people were really kind of bitter that that it was what is it eight bucks, seven yeah. bucks I for not much content. Sucked. Yeah, no, it's not. That's the other thing is you know you're just. I mean, don't, don't get me started. That's a whole other thing of Nintendo just sort of milking the same three IPs for the last 30 years. Hey, that new Zelda game is supposed to be amazing. It is supposed to be amazing, but is it, <laughs> is it, is it revolutionary amazing or is it evolutionary amazing over the last iteration? And does sure. it justify buying a whole other platform that's already arguably overpriced and underpowered? Depends how much you love Nintendo. Yeah, well, yeah. A lot of people yeah. are Nintendo nuts. Like Syracuse will buy anything Nintendo ever makes. Yeah. Yeah, same like, with like the guys uh, like Game Over Greggy and Colin. The right. guys uh, uh, kind of funny. They'll, yeah. They they pre-order all that stuff. Me? Pe- eh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I've bought a video game in... God, I don't know when the last time I bought a video I mean, game. I, at one point, I had an Xbox, a PS3, and a Wii. And, and because well, they're games... Well, then you're that guy. <laughs> well, but, but I don't any longer. You're I only... the 1%, Jeffrey. Uh, no. No. <laughs> no, I have a Wii in the closet that somebody gave me the a uh, few years ago that I never actually plugged in. I should plug that in. I like Wii bowling. That's fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I yeah I don't know. Um. But but the apps like this, if you're going to use it, yeah, should, I mean, I we should do that one it. day. We should do a little uh like uh, apps we use on our phone a lot, kind of thing. Uh, that would be terrific. You want to do? You want to put it in for next week? Do like an app roundup? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let me. Uh, All right. I'll, I'll put a note up here. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, before we get too far, yep. Five years coming up soon. Yes. And uh, I, I was talking to Ben Thomas this morning. Hi, Ben. Who, if you're not familiar with Ben's work, please go check out Ben's work. Uh, is it just Ben Thomas dot au? Uh, I think it's just ben I was going to say, isn't he over the other side of the world? BenThomas.net.au. Okay. Uh, go there or go to JeffreySidoris.com and listen to my conversation with him. He's terrific. He's doing, uh, uh, he just got back from Dubai doing a, a series for the New Yorker. Uh, he's got a new spread that looks amazing. I have to go find the magazine in a magazine called Plastic. Uh, okay. Looks terrific. Anyway, we were talking this morning and he, he was saying, you know, what are you going to do? How are you going to, you know, mark this thing? And, and I said, you know, I don't know. We want to do something. Right. And uh, <clears throat> he thought it would be cool to do something collaborative with, with listeners, which I, I'm totally in agreement with. Here, let me 
Let me find because we were talking back and forth on this. Um, so we were we we, we kind of settled on would it would it be cool to do maybe a postcard project where listeners print print a postcard of one of your photographs, write on the back of it, or an eight by ten, whatever you want to do, write on the back of it why you take pictures or what photography has brought to your life. Okay. Something like that. I'm still working through this in my head, but I just, I, you know, as long as we're talking about it, why not? Yep. Okay. Send them all in. Right. And then, uh, you know, we could get, you know, URLs or maybe Dropbox things to the final JPEGs. And, and what if we put together a book of why, you know, a book on taking pictures. Like it's why people take pictures. Oh, I see. From, from the listeners. And it's sort of meta. It's, put it together it's, and yeah, sell it's it. Yeah, on taking pictures, on taking pictures, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we've got these, these like physical postcards that we can read or cull through or whatever. It'd be cool to make whatever. the book actually <clears throat> four by six or whatever. So you could have the front and the back of it on each page. Wouldn't it be kind of neat? Yeah. So it's like the picture on the right hand side of the page and then you flip the page and you see the back. Yeah. So it's just so, a collection of all of the postcards we get. Just, just thinking about this and, and kind of working it through. But uh, if, if, a, if something like this sounds interesting to you guys, um, we'd have to get a lot of buy-in though. I don't want to do this with, with, you know, 10 postcards or whatever. Yeah, sure. You know, if All we right, could well, get... let's see what people think. And then you know, I'd, I'd rather have more and cull down the book and do an accompanying website with all the ones that didn't, you know, for whatever reason, sure. cost, time, whatever, didn't get into the book, but have it, have it exist on a couple levels where, yep. where it's, it's electronic and it's a physical object that we could, that we could maybe put out into the world. Yeah. If that sounds cool, podcast it on takingpictures.com. Let us know what you think. I thought it was great. Um, or how about this? Let's take it one step further. What if we do yeah. the website as the primary and then you, you and I, or you or I, we mm-hmm. make up only say 10 copies of the book and we kind of auction them off and give the money to charity. That that yeah, that's interesting. You mean like like the Sidoris Studio Fund? That's uh, you know that's, a, that's an up and coming <laughs> charity. It's uh, you know, not a lot of people know about it. No, we give it to like arts education or something. <clears throat> something I don't know. Just an let's idea. talk about it. Yeah. Okay, but I, I love the idea of a collaborative thing. So so you know, let us know what you think. Could be kind of fun. Um, don't know where it's going to go, but. Uh, you know, and it doesn't have to be ready by the, you know, five year mark. It doesn't have sure. to be ready in six weeks, but if we can start the ball rolling on something, um, that would be really cool. I think that sounds fun. Okay. All right. So carry on back now back to the show. <laughs> uh, what's the $800,000 selfie? Film? Oh my God. Okay. Okay. So the Hirschhorn, right. Okay. Has, has this, this, this show going on that uh it, it is impossible it's um kasuma it's called infinity mirrors and you cannot get tickets for this thing uh it is it is broken all attendance records at the hirschhorn oh i found it, it. <laughs> it's incredible looking okay um someone young lady was was trying to get a selfie and broke one of the sculptures <sighs> fell, fell fell into one of the sculptures, $800,000 <laughs> trying to get a selfie. Uh, didn't, that, didn't that Steve Wynn like fall through a Picasso or something? 
Hashtag dumbass. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, you know, th- this happens to, uh, didn't somebody, somebody died on the edge somewhere on the Grand Canyon. Actually, it was at Ua Point. Oh, fell over? Yeah, because they were like not noticing where they are and a little more backwards. Back a little more. And, back yeah, a little yeah. More. Oh, this may yeah. look a little back. Whoa. There are people that have gone over uh, the falls in Yosemite, like yeah. standing on the rails. Yeah. Dumbasses. Yeah. What is wrong with these people? <laughs> um, so, yeah, guys, be careful what you do when you're looking at, uh, when you're looking for selfies. I put a link from the Daily Mail. Uh, ah, okay. There. Yeah. I, I got it in there. Um, all right, where do you want to go from here? We have a ton of stuff to talk yeah, about. Yeah, you want to move the voicemails and stuff to down down further? Yeah, sure. sure. Okay. Uh, we got a lot of voicemails. Thank you guys for those and a couple good emails. Um, I think maybe we should keep the email kind of anonymous, but but content's good if sure. you want. I yep. don't know. Yeah. Uh, so you, you watched Abstract. What did you think? I watched- We've, we've uh, been kind of hinting around this for a little while. What do you think? I watched of four, four of them, I think. Um, right. I didn't like the one of- uh, of. Um, uh, Tinker Hatfield. Oh, really? Yeah, well, I did thought it, did it, felt it feel like a big, like a, a a big Nike team? ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it felt like it was made by Nike mm-hmm. uh, to me. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting that that they chose they chose someone who are, arguably his entire career has been spent at at one location, right? Doing one thing. Doing one thing, right? I mean, he's doing it very well. He's at the top of his game, sure. But, but I, I could see where that where you. I, I thought he was. I thought he was pretty fun. Although I did think that some of the best juice of his portion was kind of at the end, like the last ten minutes of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I have to watch. I, I literally am thirty three minutes into forty two minute things, so maybe I should watch the last yeah. ten minutes. Yeah. Um. I thought he was fine. I thought that. It, I'm not a sneaker guy, right? So mm-hmm. I look at the sneakers and I go, that's a really ugly sneaker. <laughs> you right. know? So for me, it's the work that he makes, whether it's revolutionary or not, and I think it, I think the way he was talking about it is a little just like, dude, it's a sneaker. Um, but at the same time, it's sort of like, okay, I, you know, I, it's, Andre Agassi, sometimes someone comes around, Jeffrey, who can change an entire sport. And you're like, okay, that's a little, that's a little, uh, excessive, but, uh, is it whatever. Though? Didn't I, Jordan change the sport? I mean, he was very good at the sport. You know, I just, I just think that, I think, I think that Nike in, in these cases is sort of a ancillary thing of why Andre Agassi and Michael Jordan are amazing athletes. That's what changed the sport. Not because Nike gave them new shoes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That, I don't know. It's just my thing. Uh, I, I thought Nyman, the relationship though, that they talked about with with Tinker and Jordan was was particularly interesting. The collaboration yeah, that's, cool. that's been decades long. Yeah, you know, and, I thought and, that was interesting. And yeah, and Jordan's just like, and he brought me in there, and I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, the Christoph Nyman one, the uh, illustrator guy. Yep. That one was great and shot um, very well. Love the way it was put together. Yeah, that one looked like it took a lot of work. Right. Right. Um. But he had a lot of interesting little tidbits that I kind of I was I was watching it and kind of writing them down every time he said something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can, can I throw a few of these out here? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, please, and we'll, please. Okay. So one of the thing, things he says is that you you create an armor of craft around you. Mm-hmm. You know this idea that 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 I don't know the the the, the inside creative forces are very sensitive and I don't know if they're ever going to come through. I don't know if they're ever going to come through again, whether or not something I did before was any good. Um, so the only way I can protect from that 
is to be really good at my craft so I can always compensate with craft when creativity is failing me. You know, I think the I actual feel like mechanics of it. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I, yeah, I can yeah. make something, you know, it's like even in my world, like I can make a, a, a decent portrait of anybody, whether or not it's going to be amazing. It's like I can come out with something passable that client will be okay with mm-hmm. almost all the time. Right. Because I'm relatively good at what I do. I have crafts, blah, 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 blah. Now, that doesn't mean that all of them are amazing. And I don't know when the amazing ones are going to come or how it's going to happen. Like, I understand that whole idea of sort of like uh, it is. But it's interesting that he refers to it as an armor of craft. Mm-hmm. Um, I just so do you think that he means that in a derogatory way? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think that that there is I mean, armor is a strange choice of 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 words. Well, he is German, you know. I I maybe would have chosen foundation. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Create well, I, a foundation cho- of craft. Right. Where but- where to your point, you know, I I can I can draw this or I can paint that or I can write this or I can photograph that. Whatever your discipline is. Sure. You have you have put the 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 hours of 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 time and energy and practice into where the mechanics are second nature. Right. Yeah. Whether or not that elevates beyond a certain point to, to your point to something good or great or iconic, well, that's that's a little bit of luck. It's a little bit of fate. It's a little bit of you know happens yeah. whatever it is. But it's it's not because you didn't know how to use the tool or you didn't know, have a, a a base level of knowledge of the skill. Right, required. right, right, right. He also really liked that the the whole Chuck Close, you know, inspirationist for amateurs. Yeah, pros just, just get, get to work. work. Yeah, sure. Um. And and he even talks about it, the whole idea that a lot of his work is art on command, right? And people come to him 48 hours before a magazine's going to get printed because whoever they had before dropped the ball or, or skipped out right. or didn't work right. out or whatever. It's like, We've got a deadline. We go to press in, in yeah. two days. You need Save to have us. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Save us, Christoph. You're our only hope. Right. Um, and and I and I think that that and he says it's it's difficult because you're always he says you always measure your, you're trying to measure yourself against a lucky moment right so if if what you made before that you're so proud of that people love may have been a flash of right. something well that's that's going full circle right you, yeah you still have the craft and it may be good but that that great is maybe. A lot of other things. Infl- there, there are a lot of external forces that maybe are 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 helping to guide that. Yeah, yeah. There, there, you know, there was one part where he draws a little graph describing basically uh, the quality of the work versus his enjoyment of making it, mm-hmm. so, something like that. Where he was saying that if he's having fun making something, if it's easy and he's having fun, then that probably means it isn't good. And it's only kind of when he's when he's sort of miserable while making it that he knows he's he's onto something. Do you, Interesting. Do you, yeah. I, so I wanted to know, because I, yes, there are times when things are really hard and, and in the end I end up coming out with something new, but there are also times when I'm really buzzing and I'm in flow where it's really easy that some of my best work happens. So mm-hmm. I was, my question is, how do you, where do you come out on that? I think it depends on the discipline. It depends on what I'm doing. Hmm. Um, like these little, these little paint exercises or paint practices that I've been doing. I mean, the results are crap. They're they're, they're but they they are they are crap, <laughs> and maybe they aren't. Maybe to someone else they're they're you know really cool. But to me, 
they're not meant to be anything other than practice, but I'm having a terrific time doing them. Right. I'm, I'm enjoying myself more because my hands are in motion and there is no expectation on them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, right. out of that, something amazing may happen because I'm letting go of, of what I think it needs to be and letting it be what it wants to be. You know, right, I don't right, know. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's funny because one of the other things he said, he said, the whole idea of being done is the opposite of what I'm trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, always this question of, oh, I mean, especially with the kind of work that you make, which does not have a concrete f- goal as in, oh, this right. is a representation of this thing that I'm making. Right, right, Your right, stuff right. is purposefully abstract. So it becomes like, oh, God, done is completely relative. Right. You know. Yeah, it goes back to uh, several weeks ago, listeners, uh, the the Picasso Cezanne discussion. Yep. Where yeah. Picasso would just get things out, 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 out. Meanwhile, Cezanne went through this whole period of not signing anything because he didn't feel like anything was done. Right. 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 Yeah, that was a, that was a few weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, and I think it also describes the fact that I mean, him being very German about his stuff. He's like, I go in at six. Or I go in at nine and I leave at six and, you know, right, like, right. and I sit it down and I very make stuff all regimented. day long and I'm doing yeah. it and I'm doing it and I'm doing it. And I mean, could you do that as a, as a photographer? Could you, could you structure what you do and say, look, I shoot from nine to five. If you want to shoot with me, that's where you're going to be. I mean, I think if I took product shots or still lifes where it was me in a room doing stuff, I could structure my life that way. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference with me is that I, I, I have to have other people involved and other people have their own schedules, you know? Sure. Like even sure. as we're sitting here, I got a, I was writing a guy about a shoot I have to do for this magazine and you mean, he wrote you're me writing back. it right now. Way to concentrate on the show, man. Thanks. Well, it popped up in my thing up here and he, he just, he's like, <laughs> he's like, Oh, when do you want to do it? Blah, 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 blah. Like I'm free this weekend. It's like, okay, so apparently I'm working this weekend, you know? Right. So, right. For me, that's just the way it has to go. But, but yeah, I mean, I guess if I, like, if I were making the kind of stuff you make, could I be structured about it? Yeah, I probably could. In fact, I think, I think that I would get off on that. Like the idea that I'm, I'm, that I'm working in some ways doing it from X time to X time, Mm -hmm. X days a week, somehow yeah makes it mirror traditional work and somehow would give it weight that it right. might not have if i was doing it all the, like at different times you know what i mean it's like, I, no, i'm I going do. into the shop and doing this you know the other side of that i was talking to, to john wilkening about this and he he was like look try this you know once the studio is ready to go you go down there every morning yeah. at x o'clock and you stay down there for a half hour if nothing's happening, if you're just not feeling it, if it's if it's not working for you, go do something else. Because you what you want to do is is train your mind, train your sort of inspiration as it were, to know that this is a place to get work done. This is not a place for wasting time. When you're here, you're working. And if and if you're not working, go do something else until you're ready to work. Or maybe I, you should go. You could argue also that you could go down there and just make something, whether or not it's working. Exactly, exactly, and that's that's kind of the two the two sort of uh, 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 flip sides of of experimentation that I'd like to try and sure. see what comes out of each. I almost feel like, and can, can I be uh, uh, um, okay? 
<laughs> I think for you, I haven't talked yes. to you for 700 hours. Yeah. Um, this, the, the second one, which is I'm going to work whether or not I'm inspired or not. Considering the things that the, the, the things that stop you, that seems like a better plan to me. Does that make sense? In this, I, in, I in, think it is because I am so easily bogged down and distracted. Right. You could go down there and say, oh, it's not working today. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to do it. It's like, no, right. Screw that. Like pick up the damn. And it, there's brush, a lot of, Sidoris. there are a lot of sort of, uh, um, housekeeping things that I can do that contribute to other things in terms of, I can make emulsion transfers. I can make sheets yeah. of transparent emulsion that are going to get used on other things. And there's I, make I, work to be done. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. There's make work to be done. Yes. Um, and I think the idea of of having that sort of at least partially live and documented is fuel to keep that process going. Right. Okay. And yeah, it's yeah, yeah, and it's enough. maybe the fuel that I need at this moment until it becomes more secondary or more second nature, I guess. Right. In the same yeah. way that me posting every day is my absolutely thing. Yeah, right. that's your Got thing yep. you 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 now have a responsibility yep they don't have to be good they have to be done yeah sometimes they're going to be good yep. sometimes they're not but yeah. as a body of work they're snapshots no pun of where you are on that day with that person yep in that light in that location yep yeah yeah it's um yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, he said um, this Christoph guy had lots of good stuff. If you're going to watch one of these things, of the four that I've watched, this is the best one, in my opinion. Did you um, watch Platon? Yes, uh, which I enjoyed, but I've seen Platon before, so he's not right. telling me anything I haven't it, seen. Let me ask say. you this about Platon. Yeah. Does he, do you get the impression from this and from the other things that we've read and, and talked about on the show here? Does he believe what he's saying about the importance of a moment and the power of photography, or is that is that a spiel? <sighs> yeah, there are times that he says it that I I have to stop myself from rolling my eyes a little bit. Right, right. Um, I, and, but that doesn't mean that he's not sincere. I guess right. that also speaks of how I see it. You know, um, there's moments where he's holding the camera and he's just like. And he, he like pulls the camera off to the side and he goes, give me the black and white. And he sits there with like a meditative pose while he waits for his camera to like not disturb the moment. And I'm like, okay, I get all that, but it's a little, it's a little sweet for me. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But hey, you can't deny the guy's I, good. So I, right. And I keep coming back to that body of work right. and I keep coming back to the results are there. This is not, this is not sort of bravado without experience or right. evidence no he's great he's yeah. great and i'd love yeah. to meet the guy but you know so i don't i don't know um yeah. it's a it's a it's a tricky thing <laughs> you know um well if you yeah. were going to be there for the anniversary show we could go over there together but you're gone so there <sighs> i suck <laughs> um yeah i don't know it's uh so i'm gonna watch more of these things and we can discuss more i think as time goes on because yeah. i'm sure i'll pull it's out a good show it's a good show it, it is it is a well done show and um it's it's fun watching uh people uh different people in different domains just sort of doing what they right. do and how they do it you know 
And, um, and if you do dig this and you are a Netflix subscriber, uh, the new season of Chef's Table is also really good. Oh, and yeah. if you haven't seen any of those, go back and watch, you know, seasons one, two, one and two. Is it, are they three or is this just two? Uh, this is two, maybe? Is this, this maybe is just maybe there's two. A anyway, three. I don't know. Go watch the first season, the previous season, whatever that is. Um, hey, I had this weird question in my head a few weeks ago. And I put it in here. We've been bopping it around. I just, it's something that happened in my head. All right. Yeah. People used photochemical processes, analog photography since 1839 or whatever the hell it is until now. But mm-hmm. really, you know, like in the mainstream until say 2005 or something, right? It was sort of maybe the the tipping point. Um, And there are people for whom they still, uh, uh, you know, want whatever effects that film has and whatnot. So there's these people who, who stick with that for, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and we have both, but there are all kinds of advantages to digital photography that have become more and more pronounced over time. And digital photography has gotten better and better over time. And so it's more difficult to make a, like a direct value judgment of, Oh, this quality is much better than that quality. Right. You know? Yep. I, my question is, if digital photography came first, if we were where we are with digital photography today, and somebody said, hmm, you know, I figured out a way to do photography using these chemicals in this paper and this plastic. I'm going to start a business out of this. Do you think that it would have ever been invented if we were this far along in in digital photography before it was ever invented? I don't know that it would have, that would it, would it, would <clears throat> I don't know that it wouldn't have been invented, but I don't believe it would have been popularized. Okay. Because part of the part of the <laughs> part of what's popular about digital is making it look like film. Uh okay. Wait, how do you how do you mean? Well, part of part of the process of of digital photography is applying filters and effects to make that end result look like film, either old oh, film see. or, or yeah. Portra 160, which you've never used, or, you know, Velvia, which you've never used, but you're convinced right. that that's the, what really captures what you have to say as a photographer. Yeah. If, if digital came first and, and digital is based on, on, and we're making an assumption here, but digital is based on a clean, pristine image then what would be the impetus to go backwards? Because you, you don't know what you're going back to never was. So you think our affectations of digital photography are solely based on the fact that we're trying to be, we're nostalgic about the look of film. No, no, no. I don't think it's solely that at all. Not at all. But I okay. think there is a, a, a component of nostalgia that that sure. is that is a, a a component of digital photography because if it weren't companies like Visco wouldn't exist. Sure, sure, but I mean you know there's a lot of people who shoot who don't use those things, right? Absolutely, and yeah. I'm not saying that it's that it's everywhere. Yeah. Again, it's you know the the it's a component of it, but yeah, if 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 chemical processes never existed. I don't know. It it might be a, a, an even smaller niche than it is now, but I don't yeah. think it would. I don't think it would ever grow to be as popular as film was. Oh, of course first. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if if it would be even as popular as film is. The film resurgence has become, you know, 
Or if it would be like, okay, crazy people with your chemicals out in the thing, what are you making meth? You know, like, right. I wonder if, I wonder if it would be, if the reason why we have this love of film has as much to do with the fact that we remember film as is the actual effects of film today. Yeah. I mean, I, I know photographers that have never shot film, have no interest in film, mm-hmm. don't have any concept or understanding of why there is so much energy expelled on loving film. Yep. And that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. Valid, valid idea. Absolutely. Yep. You've, you've only ever used a digital camera or your phone. Wouldn't know a darkroom, wouldn't know the smell of, of developer or fixer, don't know, don't care. And that's perfectly valid. Yeah. If if digital came first, what would the impetus be to create a lower res, arguably, uh, less perfect version? I mean, you yeah. could argue that digital, you know, everything that, that's happening in, well, not everything, but largely what is driving digital is more technical perfection. Cleaner, sharper, higher res, better low light, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but you know what? That Those were really the same goals that film was having. You Absolutely. That, I mean, it was absolutely. constantly touting better color rendition, yeah, more resolution, finer but grain. let's say you've got uh, your, your 50 megapixel 645Z. Mm-hmm. Somebody coming up with a new, let's say film had to go through the same sort of gestation period that it, that it has. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's say it took a hundred odd years for film to get where it sort of peaked, but we're starting in 2017. Yep. The film equivalent of what you shoot would be a daguerreotype. <clears throat> yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But without nearly the flexibility that I have, right? right. Yeah. So, yeah. so why? I mean, on a, on a mass scale, sure. On an on an art scale, on a on a on a niche scale, yeah. I think it it maybe would would gain interest and popularity. But in terms of a of a commercial appeal, it would take decades for film to catch up to where digital is right now. If sure. we started, you know, relatively. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it is. It is funny though how people will look at film and talk about it in all these sort of uh, uh, um, uh, romantic ways, but that the film people, like I said before, you know, if Edwin Land saw my camera or the iPhone camera, he'd be, he'd be like, Oh my God, that's amazing. Look how, right. look how perfect the color rendition right. is. It's like you want this crappy Polaroid thing, which is the best I could do with the tools that I had and the chemical processes I had. Edwin Land was not trying to make Polaroids look kind of, good, bad. He was trying to make them look good and that's the best he could do. You Mm -hmm. know, um, they were always going for technical perfection and correct color balance and, you know, fine grain and like all these technical things, which you say digital is always technical. It's like film, but you know, if you go back, talk to engineers at Kodak in 1985, I don't think they'd talk about some sort of, you know, fluffy duffy description of their film they no no, no absolutely the, right i'm, I'm not absolutely. ripping you i'm i'm I'm, yeah. I'm agreeing with you and kind of taking it further yeah it's it's so it's really funny though how people nowadays oh film has this romantic thing of whatever it's like that's not how the film people thought of it back in the day they were trying to get it as good as they possibly could technically you know mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. 
It's kind of it's really interesting, and, um, and and you know there is something just just like there uh, you know lenses will talk about contrast and micro contrast that they're able to to yeah. capture and reproduce, and I think there there is definitely something to be said about that for film mm-hmm. in in terms of contrast and color because look look at a look at a, an electron microscope cross section of film it's a it's a it's a dimensional it's a 3d object Mm -hmm. there's going to be little refractions that are that are that are subtle and minute and for most of us completely imperceptible but take that 35 millimeter image and blow it up to the cinerama dome right and and those things maybe are more noticeable yeah look at it look at a uh, look at the hobbit alongside the godfather right they're very different aesthetics. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and it's like how and how much of our aesthetic is the the human Western aesthetic has sure. to do with the fact that it just came first. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, interesting, kind of interesting. It's like you know, with exercise. The, it's, it's like the kids who prefer the sound of compressed MP3s to lossless audio, or even vinyl. Yeah, sure. I mean, vinyl had its own sort of warmth. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Vinyl's another example of the people who made vinyl records were not trying to make something that sounded different than the master tapes. They were trying to get it as close as they could to the master tapes, you know, and then Super Audio CD comes out and it says, this is actually as close to the master tapes you can get. And you know what? They are. It sounds amazing, you know, but no one listens to them because they don't exist anymore. Um, And no one wanted it. They were like, oh, yeah, great. It's like yeah, no, this we is fine. we finally have the holy grail, and they're yeah, like, no. yeah, I'll take, I'll yeah, take but MP3s MP3. are cute. It doesn't matter that they're not secure. Doesn't matter that they're you know lossy. Doesn't As an matter. audio nerd, it drives me crazy. Yeah. Um. All right. What else you got? Hey, uh, little audio thing. Yep. Uh, went to get tickets to Depeche Mode yesterday. Okay. Did you stand in line under a tent? No, 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 no. Just, just. You know, they went on sale because I registered for the pre-sale and blah, blah, blah. $50 in fees from what? Ticketmaster. Yeah. Convenience fees. Ticketmaster charges you $5 per ticket to print your own ticket. Are you kidding me? Yeah. To use your paper, your ink. Yeah. For, for, the, for the convenience of printing out your own ticket so they don't have to, they're going to charge you. This is like uh, ATM fees back in the day where it was like, I know we don't have to pay that person $15 an hour anymore. So that saves us hundreds of dollars a day for yeah. this $1,000 machine. But you're going to pay just, us for the thing of using this machine. Goofy. It, so on, on, you know, it was going to be, I, I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. Uh, on $300 tickets, $50 in fees. Oh God, that would make me so angry. Right? Crazy. <sighs> anyway, so screw you, Ticketmaster. Yeah, you know, I I very rarely ever buy tickets to anything. I did I did buy tickets to a to a Darren Brown, uh, you know that mentalist guy. Right. He's he's performing in New York uh, next month, and like I buy tickets to go see my friends at at, uh, at Lincoln Center for Taylor, but I usually buy through them, so they you know I get lower right. rates. Right. But God, it has gotten really bad. Remember, you should just be able to buy a ticket. And and to be clear. These are not great seats for $300. God, you spent $300 on not great seats. Yeah. What is wrong with the world? Concerts used to cost 30 bucks, 50 bucks, <laughs> $300. Like no one is worth $300 to me. Sorry. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Yeah. Crazy. So um, anyway, little rant over uh, forward slash rant. <laughs> uh, what else we got here? Uh, the fake news thing, waiting for the shot thing. Where do you want to go? I just, I thought this is not a fake news, fake news, like a, a story story. Interesting uh, article on Boing Boing of, of sort of using, the, the article is called Advanced Defaking, Using Public Sources to Trace the True Age of a Suspected Propaganda Video. Oh, I see. Because they see buildings that are there or not there. Or there or not there. Yeah. Or or this. they say this was taken from here. And uh, no, it really wasn't. That's, right, that's right, not right. Where, you, where you couldn't have taken it from there. Um, and it's just kind of an interesting look at, at forensic photography, which is Jeffrey, something what are you that we talking really... about. They faked the forensics. They just, you know, they right. faked the satellite shots. That's how. Right. Right. That satellite's not even up there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just kind of fun that, that we don't we don't really talk about this kind of stuff, but there's a, there's a whole, there are whole other sides to photography that are fascinating that we never even get to. Uh, so uh, take, take a look at, at this. One of the quotes they say, uh, to be fair with you, this was a rather advanced video to geolocate. The first thing I did was looking for the claim where it could be in this case, near the international airport of Cairo. Then it makes sense to start in the area around the airport are there any Arabic words that could give away further details about the location? No. Are there visual clues? Yes. A tower, a building, and a road. They're not significant landmarks like the Eiffel Tower, but it's a start. No luck finding a similar tower any, uh, in the vicinity of the airport on uh, uh, Panoramio. Uh, let's, see, uh, let's see. Let me just skip forward here. Uh, what else can I do to try to narrow down the location? Someone on Twitter said the video must have been taken along the ring road, a highway with service road. I gave that a try and was lucky. Each and every building, the street, the wall, and the two gates, uh, the market-like structure and the tower matched exactly with the satellite imagery. This is advanced geolocation, simply looking at many different streets and buildings until you think, wait a second, this may be it. And in this case, it was indeed the correct location. So it's just kind of fascinating of using using technology and and kind of yep. forensics to 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 prove or disprove or or even just determine you know where things were. Kind you of know, fascinating. I, I used uh, that's actually very similar to how I found the um, the place that the Meudon picture was taken outside of Paris. Oh, like uh-huh. I just, With the, the I just bridge? kept looking around on Google Maps, like trying to find like, all right, where's there a okay? I'm in Meudon. Okay. Where's their train tracks? Okay, where's their road that comes down like that? And okay, there's four of them. Let me do a street view thing. Oh yeah, there it is. You know, um, right. the fact that you can do that nowadays is amazing. It's fascinating. I love that idea of of trying yeah. to find locations. It would be really fun to do a for somebody to set up a because Google Maps API allows sort of using it and then overlaying data on top of it, right on mm-hmm, your own site mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Somebody basically finding locations, and this might actually exist already. I don't know if it, anybody knows about this write us podcast on taking pictures, um, dot com. And, uh, that, that, okay, here are these locations where all these famous photos were taken and just put a pin in, put the picture in, you know what I mean? So you can, somebody could just like jump there. Even if it's something from world war two where the whole place is rebuilt up around it. It's like, no, this is where it was like right Right, there. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, That would be a fun project to do. Yeah. I'm I'd be surprised if it actually doesn't already exist. Um, God, a guy waited all night to get a picture, huh? <laughs> oh, God. Well, th- okay. Th- the reason I put these two in here, back to back here, is uh, uh, Digital Trends has an article on a guy who who 
spent a night in a hay bale to get this shot that was that was used for for uh, a stamp. Yep. And my reaction was very similar to yours. It's like, oh wow, okay, overnight you say. Um, they they must not have seen the the Nat Geo article of the guy who spent three months in the in the watering hole and got all sorts of you know infectious yeah. diseases from, yeah, yeah. from you know bacteria or whatever. Um, Brain amoebas, right? But on the other side of that uh, is a, is kind of an interesting conversation with a photographer named John Free talking about this ten year project of of photographing and and having conversations with uh uh people in train yards yep um and he he describes you know maybe he, he said that the the and this you know i mean you know me and trains right so uh, yeah, th- this 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 john free thing was right I, I was i watched the yesterday while i was doing some work and i was like man this is so up jeffrey's alley <laughs> yeah Absolutely. And it, he points out that, that, you know, the West Coast, Los Angeles, is, is the end point for trains traveling from the East Coast. And he describes, you know, people maybe down on their luck, maybe got in a fight with their wife, maybe, you know, lost their job, whatever it is. And they hop a train and, bef- you know, and they make that journey across. And he, he, he talks about this very sort of almost with a sense of reverence. Uh, on how important and how meaningful these conversations and these 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 uh, encounters were, and he talks about using uh, a twenty eight millimeter lens yep. because he wanted to be close to these guys. You can't talk to these guys from ten fifteen feet away. He says, right? You know, you've you've got to be up close, and 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 it's a it's a personal discussion and capturing this personal moment. And I just found it really fascinating, and I thought it was really interesting that that ten years on, you know. This is this is still a project that that carried weight for him and that was important and and he still found uh, a, a voice and something to say with the work and yep. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Um, he really loved that dog. Yeah, <laughs> dog was pretty cute. I got to admit. Uh, always bring dogs and babies along if you want people to start talking to you. Yeah, uh, that's what I've heard. So it's um, it's a it's fifty one minutes long, but. You know, he, he's, there's a story behind every photograph and he's going through them and he's talking about, you know, the encounter or the location or both and, and who this person was and what their stories were. Yeah. And yeah, I, I connected with this on, on such a great level. It's interesting. He shows, say, 30 images or whatever in that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, as he's, as mm-hmm. he's flipping through 40, maybe. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder how, how much he shot to call down to 40 that he shows, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, if it, the, the, the poster shot, uh, or is it the poster shot? No. If you go about thirty seconds in, he's sitting at his at his table, and there's and piles see, of yeah, images, hundreds yeah. and hundreds of photographs, right, that, right, that right, are printed. Right. You know, right. so there there have to be hundreds, if not thousands, more that aren't printed, or maybe right. they are printed. They're just in another room in his house. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's this guy seems a little. He seems uh on, on the obsessive end of the scale. Yeah, when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah, but uh, man, what a what a cool guy. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Ted Forbes did a, a talk with him, kind of a walk and talk. Uh, so if you if you like him and you like his his mannerisms and his stories, look up uh, Art of Photography episode with with Ted Forbes and John Free. It was one of I'll, his. I'll put it in the uh, show yeah notes. artist series. I think that was what he did. Yeah, uh, photography lesson with John Free. Yep. Yep. Okay. yep. I will pull it up and put it in the show notes. Yeah, good stuff. So uh, seems seems like a good guy. Yeah, it's um. 
he he's he's he was very he was very determined. It's funny he he repeats himself a lot. Yeah. In that you know he's he's kind of like saying the same things over and over again in slightly different ways. But it's interesting because he knows he's repeating himself and he'll comment on it. Like I said, such and such and such. You know. Uh, right, you know what? It's pretty good. Move this. You're moving something up. Yeah. Can we do that? From sure. Creating yeah, yeah. to destroying. Yeah. So go I thought ahead. this was kind of wild. Uh, Richard Kochi Hernandez. If sure. you listen to the show, you you know who that is because he's one of my favorites, and I talk about him a lot. Um, Kochi is a is a, a professor at Berkeley uh, in the School of Journalism, and they had uh, an exhibit of of Robert Frank's Americans, the photographs from the Americans, contact sheets, uh, prints, uh, and at the behest of Mister Frank, they were instructed to destroy the work. They were instructed to, uh, let's see, how does Kochi say it? Um, we tore down the show and destroyed it by any means necessary. Did they say why? Uh, it, it didn't, not in this post. Didn't say why he wanted them destroyed. Uh, the entire post, it's on Instagram. Uh, destroying Robert Frank's iconic master photographs from the Americans as part of a unique pop-up exhibit at the University of California Berkeley Graduate School of Journalism. It was a memorable experience to walk into work every day for the last two weeks and experience such an amazing exhibition of photographs and proof sheets. And it was a heartbreaking act of creative destruction. At the artist's request, we tore down the show and destroyed it by any means necessary. Okay, how do you feel about, in general, about destroying work for artistic effect? I mean, I, I mean the whole Rauschenberg thing, the erasing thing we talked right. about a billion right. years ago. Like that... That seems like okay. We're gonna do this once or twice to just. But, sort but that of was an act of destruction. That was an act of destruction, arguably to make something else. This yes. seems to be simply an act of destruction. Full stop. Right. Okay. So, so where do you come down on it? I don't know. I mean, if you know, if they're not important to him, they're they're his work. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I. My question is, there's there's a sentence in here. Um, Iconic master photographs. So are these, were these the only prints of these that ever existed? I can't imagine that's true. Or that's, were these, that's crazy. Are, are we saying master photographs as in they were created by a master printer? These aren't just, uh, you know, four color offsets or whatever. I'm sure that there are many, many sets of these images around the world. So yeah, I, 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 I want to know the reasoning behind it, you know, um, I think that the, I mean, there is this whole idea of no, uh, destroying art is in itself creating like it is an artistic act by destroying this thing that I've made. And I may be old school and classical and whatever, but I just think that that's a BS cop out. Like that's you know, you're just destroying something to get a rise out of people. Like there's not uh, what was it? Uh, uh, oh gosh, what's the the fashion designer? Uh, Vivian Westwood. Okay, her son lit fire to his collection of punk memorabilia that was supposedly oh right right millions. right we, yeah we watched that thing right exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. or or even uh the whole queen thing the graham sutherland painting of churchill that the churchill's mm -hmm, burned mm -hmm. it's like what how could you you really hated that image that much that you had to burn it like out in a field at night like send it out as if it's like somebody you're 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 lynching or something like what this is crazy um, I guess I can't tell if it means that that art actually has enough impact that people feel that strongly about it 
or if it's just sort of um, uh, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, uh, cop out, like some sort of you know just weak kind mm-hmm. of way of, of 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 dealing with it. I don't know. I just it it feels odd. We got to do some more research and find out why. They Here, here's a, a little a little more detail. Okay. Uh, in the Berkeley show, the impact will be talking about the show. Yep. Uh, the impact will be enhanced by a unique hanging procedure for the art. In January, Frank's collaborator Gerhard Steidel flew in from Frankfurt to measure and design the show for each space. A day later, he flew back to Frankfurt to make prints that fit the design. On Wednesday, February fifteenth, Steidel returned carrying the prints for the exhibition. This was made easier by the fact that all of the images are on rolls of newsprint in a variety of sizes and will not be installed with frames, but instead stapled to the walls. Steidel describes these as, quote, paper banners of his photographs, end quote. Uh, Steidel plans to stay longer than one day this time to attend Friday's opening, yada, yada, yada. Uh, After the exhibition ends on March 3rd, the work will be removed by students and either destroyed or transformed into collages and hats by the students. All that will remain is a $5 catalog printed on broadsheet like a 60-page edition of the New York Herald Tribune. Hmm. Feels like the kind of thing you do when you're trying to get press about what you're doing. I don't know, that might be worth it, but it seems weird. I'm trying to see if there if anybody has seen this thing or has one of the I'd, I'd love to get you know i'm going to see if i can find this maybe i'll call after the show's over see if we can if they have these available hey, have you ever uh uh i was hanging out with my buddy craig yesterday and he was saying craig, graphic designer uh, craig yeah, yeah 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 craig ward and uh he was talking we had to go to staples to pick up a few little things and he was telling me the staples makes engineering prints uh, which like chemical are, prints? Well, they're okay. They're 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 supposed to be prints on like cheap newsprint for, uh, uh, for for engineers to like do blueprints and stuff. Okay, but and but you can send them whatever you want a PDF, a JPEG, whatever. And thirty six by forty eight inches cost seven dollars and twenty nine cents. And it's not super high quality. The paper's junky. Whatever. But uh, staples, what are they called? Engineering, engineering prints. prints. I'll put a link in the show notes because I have it. Uh, I have it up here. here yeah, that would be. Are they half toned? What, what yeah, they I like? think I think that's how they do it. And I'm, Ooh, I, I would like to do that. And I just thought it's the kind of thing that might be useful for you and or other people. Craig did a whole yeah. show at a fashion show where he had all these things printed, and he spent like two hundred dollars, and then he pasted up an entire like thirty six by forty foot wall. Wow! With these yeah, things for neat. like a couple hundred bucks. That's neat. And I just thought that uh, I was wondering if you had ever played with them and if that is something that sounds interesting to you. No, I haven't, but it sounds really cool. Yeah. Weird, right? Yeah. I almost want to make a few just to see how they come out. How, how 36, 48? They do, they do 18 by 24, hey, 24, 36. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And paste. 18, 24, 24, 36, 30 by 42, and 36 by 48. The 24 it, by 36. Is it every location or do you have to mail order them? Uh, they del- they'll put them in store or delivery. It's uh, for in-store pickup, I think is the cheap price. And apparently they can wow. do them like overnight. Black and white, 729. Yeah. 
That's nuts. Isn't that kind of, I mean, look, it's not the kind of thing you're going to sell for as an archival thing. You know what I mean? Right. But, right. But just, I mean, especially for somebody like you who needs elements of things that they're messing with and cutting out and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know? Just to, to print out patterns would be really cool. Uh, yeah. Right. Anyway, I just thought, uh, huh. everyone should get a kick out of this. I'm going to print a few just to, you know, spend 10 bucks is and print it, a couple. Is it? Yeah. I'd like, I'm curious about the paper. Is it blueprint paper? I think, it, it, I think it's like, uh, almost like, like newsprint. Oh, okay. Kind okay. of thing. I think, um, maybe I'll go down to, st- I'll call my local staples and see if they do this. Yeah. I just, I just thought it was really kind of funny. Yeah, I'd like so. to see the paper. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, staples, uh, engineering prints. I got to give it a shot. Yeah, why not? Um, you want to? Uh, we're running a little long. Do you want to? Um, you want to do our uh, do uh, talk about a sponsor and then do the stuff below, and we'll save voicemails and emails for next week since those are bigger conversations. Uh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Is, uh, uh, real quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's do. Yeah, let's do that real quick. Do, what, what is what is the I real don't know. quick? I don't know what I'm thinking. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I, I like when you just get lost in yourself i like, do what? i did just uh, like Whoa. yeah oh, <laughs> where am i going i smell toast i thought i was having a stroke but i really do have toast sitting here so it's okay uh jeffrey you are you're uh you're you're wa- you're wandering you're looking for a place to put your stuff you know what you need uh <laughs> medication <laughs> you're, like, you're like alzheimer's medication um ginseng no, Squarespace. So where I can you, make my next website? Where you can make your next website. That's right. But so Bill. good. Yes, Jeffrey. I don't know how to code. You don't need to know how to code with Squarespace. All you got to do, it's drag and drop interface, Jeffrey. You want a new page? Hit the little plus button. You want to put a picture there? You drag the picture onto the page and it goes, oh, where do you want to put this picture? You want to resize the picture? You grab the corner of it, you shrink it down, you slide it next to the, next to the text, and you can do your own layouts. I can do drag. I mean, I can drag <laughs> with your hair. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got dozens of beautiful award-winning designed templates by top designers. Uh, they got it. It's an all-in-one platform. So you build your website, but there's nothing to install, nothing to patch, nothing to upgrade ever. And they have award-winning 27 Uh, 24-7 customer support. They have 27 customer support. 24-7. 27 people sitting there just doing customer support. (laughs) 24-7 customer support. Uh, They offer, and now they offer the domain service, Jeffrey. Right. Where where it's like fully transparent, easy to set up. You can you so you can buy your domains right there on Squarespace and, and store them on Squarespace. So if you know you need Jeffrey Sedoris and drag.com, uh you can uh you can go buy that. What would your what would your drag name be? Do you know? I don't know, you know, because I, I do watch RuPaul's drag race. Sure, of course. And I don't know. I I've I don't know. I don't know. Okay. You think about that while I read the rest of this. Yeah. <laughs> I like Bianca Del Rio. That's 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 a kind of a cool name. Is wait, is that taken already? Yeah, it's that's somebody yeah, got Roy Haylock is uh is uh Oh okay. Bianca I, Del Rio. I'm yeah. I'm I'm out of thing. But that's a uh, I just something like that. Like something with three sure. like something, something, something. Yeah. Although, you know, three names are serial killers, so that's probably not good. <laughs> Squarespace is used by a ri- wide <laughs> range of creatives, uh people, businesses, Jeffrey. Uh, musicians, designers, artists, creative businesses, and Jeffrey. Thanks. (laughs) Musicians, designers, artists, restaurants, and more. I like when restaurants make their websites on Squarespace. There's, there's a whole menu feature 
to like yeah. put menu pages in yeah. to, to make it easy for these people to line this stuff up. It's like a no brainer, man. If I had a restaurant, I would have somebody come in, shoot some nice pictures of the place with people in it, having a good time, stick it up on Squarespace, put the menu up, done, boom, you know, a right. few hours. Uh, so, you know, go to Squarespace, make your next move with a unique domain, create a website to launch your ideas or your portfolio to get your project out there. And they have great online store functionality too. So if you want to like sell, you know, uh, prints that you had made uh, at Staples. Um, you could do that. <laughs> Engineering prints, right, <laughs> yeah. of food. You, you could do that on Squarespace. Uh, so go check it out. When you, if, when you, you can start your free trial today at squarespace.com. When you decide to, uh, to sign up for Squarespace service, you can uh, make sure you use the offer code. What is it, Jeffrey? Pictures. <laughs> no, it's OTP. God damn it. <laughs> OTP. <laughs> Make sure you use the offer code OTP to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for on taking pictures. So thank you so much to Squarespace for supporting. Thanks guys, girls, uh, Squarespace, make your next move. You know, um, I'm looking at a listener's website who owns a restaurant and, and I'm not, not going to say Squarespace? that I'm not going to say that they couldn't benefit from Squarespace, but they could benefit from Squarespace. Oh, okay. Well, we won't tell him then. Let's not. Let's just eat his steaks. Wh- um, wait, what? Shh. I didn't oh, say that. I didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, now he's going to be mad. Or she, he or she is going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> this is like one of these Venn diagram things where it's like you just cut it in half and you cut that half in half. <laughs> now there's only actually six things that six people left. You Right. Uh. Listener of OTP and a man or a woman. and <laughs> Right. And it may or may not be in New Jersey. I don't know. Hey, what's going on with popular photography in American photo? I don't know. There was a, 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 a in my Twitter feed, a couple people pointed out that they American photo and popular photo are no longer. They Wait, are they're, ceasing. Their Twitter feeds or the magazines no, themselves? The, all of them. They are ceasing to be. <sighs> like the bird, they, they, they have ceased to be, like this parrot. March 3rd was the last post on Pop Photo. Weird, but but I couldn't find anywhere anybody say anything about it. Uh, let's see. It's a little weird, yeah. right? American Photo cease. Yeah, American Photo magazine ceases publication. Oh, give me a so, link. And, and, and Popular Photo. Wow, um, that's weird. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Let's see. It seems more and more magazines are stopping print publication, either moving to a digital-only format or going out of business altogether. So these guys are shut down, period. Yeah, is the latest... Now, it looks like... Okay, dear loyal reader... Uh, so here's the letter from the editor. We are sorry to inform you that the American Photo Magazine has discontinued publication effective with the March-April issue. The good news is that not only can you continue to find our in-depth coverage of the... Be- of the best of today's photography at AmericanPhotoMag.com, but in place of your bi-monthly print issue, you'll receive Popular Photography Magazine, two copies for every issue owed to you on your American Photo subscription. Uh, if you already subscribe to Pop Photo, we will extend your subscription. Da, 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 da. Wait, so Popular Photography is still around? American so it looks Photo like Popular Photography down? is still going to be around, according to the editor-in-chief. Well, look, I mean, print magazines, ugh. You know how you know you're trying to compete. That's impossible. You right. know, uh, just a matter of time. I saw an article the other day that Time and well, Time Inc. So that's like Time and all Sports Illustrated and stuff are 
not only looking for somebody to buy them, but also looking to diversify into other stuff because magazines isn't doing it. Right. Um, it's, it's weird, man. It's like the whole world is changing in a very strange way. And as a follow-up to last week, I think we mentioned that, that Playboy was going back to nude. Yeah, sure. Not going back to nude. Topless, what? topless, not fully Oh, nude. interesting. So they're going halfway back. Half, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you know what would be interesting, Jeffrey? Let's say, let's say 20 years ago, just to take the whole digital revolution out of it, right? When magazines were in their heyday, and there were lots of photographers making a living doing a lot of editorial stuff, right? Okay. If you added up all of the money spent on editorial photography and commercial photography in the country, and you added it up now, obviously magazines are less of a thing, but maybe there's money in you know all the Instagram stuff or whatever, however you want to add up all, where, where photographers are getting paid. I wonder mm-hmm. if in aggregate photographers are being paid a lot less, like if there's less money in photography period, like if there's less just money just being spent on photography. Exactly. Or yeah, if it's I'm just sure shifted somebody's around have those, those, you know, stats. Yeah. I, I mean, look, we, we have talked at length about photographers. I'd say who, ad nauseum. <laughs> well, well, or that uh, who have needed to change their, their business models that, that, sure. that it's not just photography anymore that you've got to do, you know, workshops or t-shirts or cruises or, yeah. you know, whatever. Well, especially a lot of these sort of old school guys too. Yeah. You know, who were, who were, we should do a cruise. Could we do a cruise? And on a taking pictures cruise? We could, but that would involve me getting on a boat. Ugh. Yeah. The I, idea I, of, I, I am so uninterested in cruises. I don't much like that either. Like the whole idea, wait, getting on a boat with me is you're upset about? What are you? <laughs> wait, did I say that? No, no. Aww. What I meant was. <laughs> what I says was, I says. No, I don't want to not see land. So, but, you know. Oh, is that I, what it is? It's not seeing land that bothers you? Oh, yeah. It bothers me a lot. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just don't like being on boats where people all get food poisoning together and stuff. The whole norovirus thing. That's no good. Uh, that is no good. Moving yeah. on. Um, you you want to save this depression thing? Because that, that can I be think a it's pretty a big, big topic. discussion. Yeah, yep. let's okay, save let's, that. Let's so next, that week, next week, uh, teaser, uh, <laughs> photographer Ron Hang, or Ren, Ren Hang. Ren Hang. Um, took his own life <clears throat> recently. And uh, we'll talk about some of the, the, the whys and the wherefores because it, it, it is a fascinating story. And I think it's bigger than, than just giving it a few minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, so I go to this website, Puget Systems, all the time. Yeah. Uh, they make uh, windows. I like how it sounds. Uh, oh, God, so bad. Um, <laughs> they make uh, uh, workstations and higher end sort of PCs. Imagine Dell, but smaller, but more personable, like a smaller sort of uh, cell phone sort of little company. Okay. Uh, who makes higher end workstations. And the reason I go there all the time is that they have a really good set. Of, their articles are really great. They have articles like um, Photoshop CC 2017 NVIDIA GPU performance. And they'll go and show 
how much it's like which GPU it's worth getting if all you're doing is Photoshop and that kind of stuff. They'll do so the it's same kind of like a like an Anantech or a Tom's Hardware type. Yeah, thing? but it's like those people, kind of benchmarks. Yeah, it's those kinds of benchmarks, but it's much more. It's more like bare feet. Do you ever go to that place? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay, okay. Where where it's like a little more. We're gonna tighten this down to a very narrow thing and just talk about this this one place. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll talk about uh, different apps, like w- different chipsets, and why you know the differences between the different Intel chipsets and like just break it down really easily. Anyway, they had an article recently that was called how much faster is a modern workstation for Photoshop CC 2017. So, and they compare it to, uh, okay. So this year it's a core I seven 7,700 K, uh, 64 gigs of Ram, an NVIDIA Titan and a Samsung 960 pro SSD. Right. So an NVMe. So a really, a pretty high end workstation, right? Going all the way back each year to 2011, which is a Core i7 2600K, which is incidentally the CPU Jeffrey's recording on right now. Yeah. Uh, 32 gigs of RAM, a GTX 580, and an Intel SSD of that time. And they then they do different tests. They do some Photoshop actions merged to HDR. Uh, photo merge, all this kind of stuff. And basically it works out to be about 50% faster where if, if the modern machine is a hundred percent, the one from 2011 is 57%. Right. right. Although now, I will say the cost of that 2011 machine versus the cost of the 2017 machine purely from the video card and SSD standpoint is more than just incremental. Yeah. But, but an SS, but an SSD in 2011 160 gig SSD was probably almost as much as the Samsung one terabyte SSD is now. It was probably uh, the video hundreds, card hundreds of dollars. There, the, a 580 the, the, wasn't what? Like how much? A Titan, a Titan, a 12 gig a Titan bucks. is probably a thousand, twelve hundred bucks. Yeah, true, true. That Fair video enough. card, yeah. that GTX 580 was probably three or four. Yeah. I think it was the highest end one at the time, right? So they, mm-hmm. they, they use a Titan in 2013, a Titan X in 2015, et cetera. Um, but, but it's interesting just to show, I mean, you and I talk about this a lot offline where it's like, well, you know, I have Sandy Bridge or I have Ivy Bridge. Like, do I really need to jump to Skylake or whatever? And a lot of times it really, I mean, if you're talking 8%, it's like, well, 8% improvement is not worth me spending another $1,300, $1,500 on a motherboard right. CPU, RAM, et cetera. Right. right. And, if, and if you look at year over year, it really isn't worth it to upgrade your machine every year. Right. It's not from it a performance standpoint. Standpoint in the in the mid two thousands, it was each thing might be twenty or thirty percent, right? Because mm-hmm. it was like they were on the hockey stick part of it. Um, but yeah, it slowed down. But there is this cumulative effect of well, yeah, but the modern machines, because of all these cumulative advantages over the last five years, end up being you know, almost right. twice as fast. And I just I mean, thought that it would I'm be I'm basically using that, that 2011 machine. That is basically yep. my machine. Oh, I have you the, have a faster SSD probably than the one. Probably a faster about. SSD. And I have the Radeon equivalent of that video card. Right. But yeah. the rest of the specs are, are probably dead on. So for me to upgrade right now, I would see massive performance increases for these right. types of tasks. Right, right. And, and Would and, it and be the, massive in day-to-day operation of the OS? No. Right. And and they do the same thing with uh, Lightroom and it comes out to be about the same where the modern one's 100%, the one from five years ago is 65%. Now, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. also get into these questions of there's certain things that weren't faster at all. 
importing images was not faster at all. In fact, it was almost a little slower today for different reasons, you know? Right. Um, the thing that I find really interesting about this is, okay, yeah, you're using a five-year-old GPU, but if you went and bought an 850 Evo and plugged it in there, is, is, is most of the improvement from the storage subsystem? I, I understand that it's the whole idea. Storage subsystem and, and DDR5 versus DDR3. Uh, uh, four versus three. Yeah, sure. Or four, yeah, yeah, yeah. four yeah, versus yeah. three. But my question is, is if you upgraded to a new GPU and a new SSD, would that get you 80% of the way towards the fast one? Because the CPU really hasn't gone up that much. It's the CPU actually, is, is not really the bottleneck over the past four or five years. Well, that's, that's my thing. So, you know, maybe the answer is for you and your example or me, right? Like I just bought a 970 GTX 970 right. that I got right. and I put in a new SSD. It's like, well, maybe that was $350 that gets me a whole bunch of the way there towards a brand new Skylake system or, yeah, or certainly, certainly warrant the cost of that versus another, you know, $1,500 build to get you that extra 20%. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. I just thought that this was interesting to some of the nerdier listeners. And, uh, if you want to go check it out, I'll put the links in the show notes, uh, Puget systems. And, uh, they're always, they're always, um, is this with hardware acceleration on uh, on the GPU? Do they? Do I'm they... assuming so. Yeah. Yeah. I'd um, like to see with and without if they did test with and without to see really what are you getting for that Titan? Are you are you getting well that's thousand I mean, dollars worth of performance? If you go back to some of their other articles uh, where they talk about say uh, CC 2017 Nvidia performance, they go all the way back to. Well, they go back to, they go from uh, uh, the Intel in, internal graphics, and then they go to a 1050, 1050 Ti, 1060, 1070, 1080, and Pascal. Pascal is 100%. The 1050 is 92%. Yeah. So video, video RAM and video card does not get you that much in Photoshop. I mean, so it's the a Titan, big, Titan XP, that's a $1,700 video card. Right. Versus a $150 video card, like right. a 1050. And right. you're getting almost as much performance. And that's the thing. It's like Photoshop does not use GPUs all that well. I mean, it uses right. them for display and whatever, but it's not like it's chugging on them like a game would be or DaVinci Resolve. Now, there's another yeah. example. Or Premiere Pro. Right. I've been editing in Resolve lately, and I could not edit with my 762 gig card. It wouldn't play at full frame rate. Can you now play can, back in real time now with, oh, with yeah. your 970? Yeah, and I can dump... Yeah nodes on there you know what i mean like of of color corrections and things so right there that's worth the upgrade you know um so anyway it's just interesting stuff nerdy tech stuff but uh for those of you who are into this stuff and i thought you'd get a kick out of it jeffrey uh you should yeah, go check out some cool. of these articles they're they're pretty they do a good job on it i mean yes they sell all this stuff so you know but they're they're not trying to say look how much faster it is you should buy a new thing it's just like yeah it's if you're doing this it's a lot faster it might be worth it you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um anyway just thought you'd get a kick out of that. Yeah, no, it's cool. Um, you want to go to the group? I do. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're saying that in a way that makes me think you don't want to go to the group. No, no, I do. I do. Uh, I'm just I'm just trying to get to the to the thing. Um, staircase. I like staircase. staircase. Was good. A lot of them. A lot of really good ones. Yeah. Um, Matheson killed it on that one. Yeah, he's he's how been long? Killing it. How long was that lens that he's using for that? Because that's nice and flat. Yeah, I don't know. Um, some new people. Uh, Akshat Segal. I hope I'm not butchering your name. Oh, you are, I'm sure. 1,500-year-old staircase built by the Mayans. 
in Coba, Mexico. That's cool. Yeah, whatever. Wow. Uh, Robert Who Gruber. hasn't built a staircase 1,500 that. years ago? Right. Which one? Robert Gruber. Okay, Love the black see. and white of the, the high heel kind of going up the stairs. That's a neat shot. Yeah. Uh, I, Marcus. I like the Emmanuel one too, the staircase. Or yep. I mean the, the outside, the, uh, the um, ah fire escape. Uh, Tim Timoteo, nice. Um, Marcus, oh gosh, Kazmierzak, Kazmierzak. Okay. Marcus, I apologize. Send us a voicemail. Uh, what's our number? Uh, 347-687-9411. Yeah, if, if we butcher your name, please send us a voicemail and, and instruct us how not to. <laughs> I like uh, Mike Waller's staircase that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Hey, Mike, don't hang out at former mental ho- abandoned farms <laughs> at former mental hospitals. He was Are you just, trying what? to create a horror? He was movie? just spending the weekend. What? <laughs> he was just having a good time. He's like, they told me it was a vacation, right? They got a new chef. It was excellent. It was a way for me to relax. They said, uh, "Bruce de Bolt inside the <clears throat> the Sagrada Familia in Barcelona. It's a long way up or down. Yeah, it is." Uh, Chris Connors is trying to be an overachiever by doing stairs and Dutch angle at the same time. Oh, well, isn't he special? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Paul Yan. That's nice. Wow. That's really cool. Fantastic ones this this week. Did you say Ratza? Uh, I I was probably trying to say Latza, but yeah. (laughs) Uh, Dennis Skyam. The House of Small Wonder, a Japanese restaurant in Berlin. Had this really cool staircase at the exit. I, I love the the, the kind of almost fisheye perspective you got there. Really cool. Yeah, there's some great ones in here. Oh, Robert, staircase where I work. I love the light there with the blues and the greens. That's neat. Another one from Paul Yan. I like John Dubois' picture in the Maryland train station. Yeah. It's kind of neat. Uh, Emmanuel Orain, New York City, 1988, looking up a fire escape. That's yep. cool. Yeah. I should yeah. shoot out of my fire escape more often. Well, just don't fall off. Does that make you nervous? Would you go out on an old fire escape? Uh, yes. Briefly. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a little creepy. Uh, Man, there are some really nice ones in here. Uh, another one from Paul Yan. Uh, Mike Easton. Good one. Overachiever Millie. Paul Yan. Yeah. Okay. Dial it back a little, Paul. Yeah. We get it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Uh, another one from Waller uh, staircase at the Seattle ferry dock that's cool I like the silhouettes uh, there so wait you had a good one for the day what was your thing for today my thing for today oh mealtime 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 we haven't done food in a while let's uh, you know either your favorite meal or or, you know get get creative mealtime or maybe it's not the food huh Bum, bum, bum. Maybe it's preparing the food. Maybe it's somebody eating the food. Maybe it's uh, it's around the table. It's 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 frolicking and cavorting at the dinner table. Ah, who knows? Don't just yeah. shoot the food. That's obvious. You know what Freddy? I just realized? What? Uh, we already did this photographer of the week two years ago. <sighs> I made a mistake. Way to look at the list. I just double checked it and luckily wasn't me, I Christopher. It. Christopher, it wasn't me. Christopher is like <laughs> yelling at his at his computer right now. Is he actually right. yelling? Do you think he's actually yelling? Yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, I do. you know, I that guy's always been. You know, I I got another one. 
got you got another one? one? Yeah. All right. All right. What do you uh, got? We're going to do uh, uh, Aaron Siskind. Who? who Wait. Aaron Siskind? Yeah. Aaron Siskind. We didn't do Aaron Siskind? Not according to the thing, we didn't. All right. Is All that right. no good? No, no, no. It's good. It's good. AaronSiskind.org, the Aaron Siskind Foundation. I, do you want a foundation when you die? Um, if, if, if I have created a body of work or, or a potential revenue stream that supports arts education, yes. Ah, okay. So who gets to decide whether or not it's at that level? I'm dead. I don't care. Okay. I see. But if, if, if what I have done in this life can help somebody beyond my life, yes, I think it would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, Siskin, uh, son of Russian Jewish immigrants, uh, fifth of six children, a bachelor's degree from the city of New York in 1926, taught high school English, uh, received his first camera as a honeymoon present, Jeffrey. Wow. And began his career the, in photography as a documentarian at the New York Photo League in 1932. What are you going to say? When Harry Callahan asks you to join the faculty, do you say no? I mean, can you say no? I mean, he's a monster. Have we done Harry Callahan? I don't know. We'll have to do him next week if we haven't. I'll have to check. Because he's another monster of a photographer. I think, no, we haven't. So we'll have to, oh man, we're well, going to, we, see, I thought we had gotten all the old guys, but apparently you, we haven't. Bill, if we do Harry Callahan, do you feel lucky? Uh, <laughs> wait for it. No. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to give you the uh, the, the <laughs> satisfaction. Uh, so, Siskin, uh, a lot of like sort of abstract stuff he shot, right? Which is really weird. Like, uh, you know, weird paint on walls, uh, weird weird writing on lots of a lot of texture. Yeah, a lot of that kind of stuff, which is right up your alley. Absolutely. Um, but then there's moments in here, like here's the. Um, I'll just give you a link here, Jeffrey, so you can see what I'm seeing. Um, the, where he shot like dancers at a Harlem dance, you know, and it's just sort mm -hmm. of, it's just completely out there, but completely odd. I feel like a lot of the stuff that he shoots is the kind of stuff, it's it's almost like early Instagram in the sense that these are the kinds of things that people see walking around that back right. in the day you had to carry a camera around to do, but now everyone's like, oh, wow, look at that really weird, you know, glove on the ground, and they'll shoot now, it and I, put it up. I wonder, okay, here's a question for you. Yep. If more people are, are we noticing this now or do we now have the hardware to capture it? I think we have the versus, hardware to capture it. So you think people were noticing these things back in the day? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's what I think. But, and, and, or, or they didn't even think about the idea of taking pictures of them because, you know, the, 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 the most people didn't carry a camera, right? Most people didn't have any of that stuff. So right. I think that for, uh, a lot of people, um, uh, it, it was just, a they didn't have the opportunity. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, God, it just, there's this picture of feet here on, uh, here and let me get, show you. Yeah. The underside. Yeah. Like these, these crazy pictures of, 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 uh, feet at an angle kind of going and up a really stuff. short lens because they're really distorted <laughs> yeah but they're kind of cool right <laughs> right, right uh looks like they're like pulled from taffy um they may have been actually taffy pulled feet taffy yeah i i call this one taffy feet <laughs> <laughs> yeah some title? interesting stuff um yeah yeah there's some there's some 
some street work. Uh, there's some abstracts. I, I really like this stuff. Very much. Uh, this is this is also right up your alley. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some. This scratches kind of the David Carson itch. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Just, yeah, if you, lots just of do a Google stuff. search for for Aaron God, Siskin too, and a lot of typography, a lot of yep. a lot of sort of deconstructed or destroyed typography. Would um, you know they they claim that he is he's considered an abstract expressionist photographer. Hmm. Do you, how do you feel about that label? Um, oh, this one's I, you so know, beautiful. Look at this. Look at this one here. I'm going to send you a link here. Uh, it's the I first don't really one, have a first way. image on the left. First, okay. I don't oh, really have like, an opinion on it. Okay. This weird uh, peeling paint. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, there's, there's Ugh. some great texture in here. This is like, yeah, made. Beautiful, beautiful work. So there you go. And lived to be uh, quite old. Yeah, which died, is always what, fun. Ninety-one. Uh, he died. Yeah, he was eighty-seven. He died in nineteen ninety-one. Hey, yeah. you know what's really interesting? I was listening to this Dan Carlin thing about nuclear war the other day, like the history of the hardcore Cold war history and stuff. guy. Yeah, yeah. And he made a point that I never really thought about, which was he said, you know, you have Truman and you have MacArthur, and they're considering using nukes in Korea to like push back the North Koreans when it was going badly and all this conversation was happening and they didn't do it. He goes, but what you got to remember is the people making these decisions were born in the 1800s. Huh. And I went and looked. MacArthur was born in 1880. Wow. You know, and it's things, it's like, I understand that that makes sense. And you know what? If you and I live another 30 years, people will say, and they were born in the 1900s, you know? Right. But, but it is, it's amazing. He was born 15 years after the civil war and he's making decisions on how to use nukes in Wild. 1950 or whatever, yeah. you know? Wild. And, yes. and nukes then, I mean, can you imagine if, if, if you would have given them a glimpse of, of what nukes now can do versus nukes then oh, like right. here here's yeah. what you're unleashing yeah, yeah 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 they had atomic bombs they didn't quite have the super yet right they didn't right. have thermonuclear right. so it's just oh god it's just uh it's amazing anyway i just thought that that was a uh, kind of a weird weird little thing that i hadn't noticed before yeah um we got anything else oh we got plenty but we'll have to save it for next week all right we'll save it for next week teaser uh if you want to get a hold of us 347-687-9411 leave us a voicemail like so many people have yeah keep them coming in we will talk about them next week because we got some really good ones so and, uh, yeah. tune in next week um let's see podcast that on taking pictures will send email to both jeffrey and i uh yep. at bill waterman at jeffrey sedoris at wadman 365 uh jeffrey is now apparently doing some live things on instagram yeah, they're Instagram live for now. Uh, I may, I probably will switch to YouTube, if nothing else, for the the, the better clarity. For the lols. And, and <laughs> for the lols, that's right. For the lols. Uh, just for the lols of it. Uh, but the, the ability to archive and and have a dialogue in terms of, of process technique or, or commentary, you know, whatever. Sure. I think that'll be a better choice. But for now, yeah, Instagram. Okay. Excellent. And if you have uh, ideas about what we talked about for the five-year thing, some sort of collaborative project I think would be terrific, let us know. We would love to hear about it. Con- contabulation. What? I don't know. It's con- Is that a thing? I don't know. It sounds like a good word, doesn't it? <laughs> contabulation? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm totally going to contabulate you. Oh, my God. Sounds like something <laughs> Ben Carson would say. 
Uh, all right. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, Jeffrey. All right. Have a great week. Be good to each other. Don't do not do stupid stuff. You know. There you I go. I mean, you can do stupid stuff. Just don't do it to somebody else. Yeah. Just do it to yourself. Do, do stupid stuff to yourself. That's fun. <laughs> Advice from your Uncle Jeffrey. Right. Right. <laughs> crazy uncle. Speaking of which, I should go put some pants on. Oh, boy. No. Bye. <laughs> Bye.